informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us. Here's what we have in store for you today. We are going to get another update on uh, post-hurricane conditions in North Carolina. We'll talk with the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau, Larry Wooten, for an update on uh, the impact on agriculture in that state from the hurricane. Kurt Kavarik, vice president of federal affairs for the National Biodiesel Board, will join us. We'll talk about the RFS and tax uh, incentives and those issues that greatly impact the biodiesel industry. And we're going to get a harvest update from eastern Nebraska. Greg Anderson will be joining us to give us an update on how his harvest is going. So all that coming up on today's program. Glad you have joined us and glad to have back with us. We've not talked to him in a while. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Well, I'm fine. I'm sitting here in the rain in Washington. Uh, I know that if I were on the farm, I'd be very happy to have rain, although maybe not at this time of the year. Right. It's that uh, it's that time of year where even if you need rain, you want to get harvest done. And so it's kind of tricky on that. Yeah. But uh, some rain moving through parts of the Midwest as well. Well, it doesn't look like uh, things are going too well on the farm bill. In fact, the chairman of the Senate Ag Committee, Pat Roberts, has kind of admitted now. Well, he has admitted it will be tough to get something done before the November election. So it's not going to get done. He says, I'm afraid we're going to go past the September 30th date. So we're we're not going to have a bill done by the end of this month, as we kind of suspected more and more. What's it looking like and sounding like there in Washington, D.C.? Well, now we're, we're getting mixed uh, mixed feelings about this. Both Colin, uh, Colin Peterson, the ranking Democrat, and Mike Conaway, the, the House Ag Committee chairman, are saying it could be done in October, but... Uh, uh, you know that they're getting closer to a deal, but yes, Robert said he, he it might not be till November. So uh, and and Stabenow, uh, Senator Stabenow, the ranking uh, Democrat on the Senate side, just isn't saying much about the schedule. Uh, so in fact, I'm working on a column on this right now, uh, and you know, missing the September 30th deadline isn't a very big deal. That's been done in the past. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure to get it done this year. Chairman Roberts saying that the, a major remaining challenge continues to be SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and it doesn't look like they have a, an agreement or some kind of compromise worked out on that still. No, but, but uh, Conway is backing down slightly, uh, saying that the, his staff, uh, saying that work requirements were only one of the elements in uh, in SNAP. Uh, Peterson is emphasizing that uh, the, the that Conaway has made an offer that would include ending the waivers that the states can use that that allow them to not impose work requirements and other uh, restrictions on on SNAP. Uh, so, you know, I, I would say that we're we're edging towards. Uh, a bill, but it's really slow. It sounds like, because you know, we've talked with Colin Peterson. He sounds upbeat, as you mentioned. Some things being done by uh, Chairman Conaway. It is it coming down to resistance by Senator Stabenow? Well, 
you know, I don't know about that. And, of course, when we talk about resistance by Senator Stabenow, it isn't just her. It's getting it through the Senate. And uh, uh, she might resist, but she's only one of, of, of many senators who would. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't blame her. I would say that she is being uh, realistic. Uh, uh, and then there's another fact. Peterson mentioned the other day another factor. There's something in the commodity title that he will not describe, something that's come up that would cost a lot of money. I don't know what it is, uh, but apparently it's not ARC or PLC. It's something else. All right, so there are things to work on, but uh, obviously they're unless some miracle happens, they're not going to have a farm bill done by the end of this month. Let's move on to trade yeah. and, of course, the escalating uh, situation with China. Meanwhile, Ted McKinney, USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs, is out telling farm groups that he's bullish, not Pollyannish, when it comes to expanding markets overseas, telling the United Fresh Produce Association that the administration is starting to see results, and he uh, he's pointing to the new U.S.-South Korea trade deal as an example of uh, you know the future of trade deals that the administration hopes to negotiate. Um, meanwhile, we don't have anything breaking right now on NAFTA. We have the impasse with China. What's the feeling around Washington about the, the administration's trade policies? Well, I was at that speech that McKinney gave yesterday, and uh, the the finalization of chorus, the fact that the uh, you know President Trump and the President of South Korea signed it yesterday in New York, was the only example that uh, that McKinney could point to as an accomplishment. Uh, there are no other accomplishments, and the big accomplishment in that was that there were no changes to agriculture. He pointed that out yesterday. So uh, I think there's intense frustration in, in Washington and around the country that this uh, administration's trade policies are not, are not helping agriculture. They're, they're hurting it. And uh, just today I saw a, uh, a story in one publication that said the Chinese are so frustrated with President Trump that they may not want to do any negotiations with the United States until the end of a, tr- of a Trump uh, administration. Now, that would mean at least two years, and if Trump got reelected, another uh, would be a total of six years. So I would say things are not looking good on the trade front. Wow. Meanwhile, it looks like a WTO panel wants to take a closer look at the uh, ag trade assistance package by the administration. Uh, uh, do you think we're headed towards some kind of uh, complaint and uh, a ruling in the WTO on that? Well, we could we could be headed towards a complaint. Uh, uh, the big issue here is that Trump used national security grounds to impose those tariffs on steel and aluminum, and uh, under the WTO rules, uh, that a country can do that. But the question is, uh, were there really national security grounds to impose to impose those tariffs? And then you have the second thing, which is the package of of aid to farmers. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a challenge to that. Uh, the one I would say good thing about it from the standpoint of American farmers is it takes a long time for those uh, trade complaints to work their way through the WTO. So I wouldn't expect anything uh, to happen until after the uh, money has been sent out to the farmers. 
Yeah, those things take uh, quite a while. All right, uh, Jerry, good to talk with you again. We'll stay in touch. Thanks for being with us. Always nice to be with you and your listeners. Take care. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. So, again, uh, Chairman of the Senate Ag Committee, Pat Roberts, saying it doesn't look like they'll get a farm bill done not only now, he says it may be tough to get something done before the November elections. We will see. All right, coming up next, Hurricane Florence left a lot of damage in several places, including, of course, the state of North Carolina. North Carolina Farm Bureau President Larry Wooten joins us next to give us a further update and assessment of the damage and where are they in recovery efforts and what do they need. We'll talk about that next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. When it comes to selecting your propane supplier, you have options, and switching to FS has never been easier. If you're looking to find a propane provider who is committed to providing you the professional, knowledgeable, and dependable service you deserve, be confident in choosing FS Propane. We offer flexible payment options that fit your needs so that you can focus on your family and not on your propane bill. Contact your local FS Propane specialist today and let us help make your house feel like home. Visit fspropane.com for more information. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, 
the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're happy to have Matt with us, the president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau, Larry Wooten. Larry, thank you for joining us. Uh, You've had a few more days since we last talked for more assessment of the damage uh, from Hurricane Florence in your state. Uh, What's the latest? Well, Mike, uh, it doesn't get any better. I mean, the water goes down. Our farmers are beginning to get back, uh, get out and assess the damage. We've got folks uh, that tried to harvest a little of that tobacco that was left. It was just no value at all. I, I would say the tobacco harvest is is, a, is completely done here. Uh, the sweet potatoes are they're trying to dig some. Uh, they look some of them on they look pretty good on the surface. They're trying to dig up, but uh, what they're really concerned about now is their ability to store. You know, you have to store those sweet potatoes, and you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas on into next year, and they're really concerned about the storability of those potatoes a lot of them are already rotten uh, that they won't uh, that they won't even that they can tell that already certainly our cotton crop is far worse uh, far worse shape than we had we had thought uh, and uh, you know the corn a lot as I said most of it, a lot of it was out but uh, you know there's a, there's a lot going on this this is going to be uh, uh, more than hundreds of millions of dollars it's going to be billions of dollars crop damage uh, here here in North Carolina uh, it's it's not it's not good. Uh, our farmer the, the the infrastructure here is just really ruined in our rural areas, uh, certainly east of Raleigh, in terms of public roads being blown out, private farm roads being blown out. Uh, miraculously, uh, our, our poultry and livestock industry uh, uh, came through uh, pretty good, relatively speaking. We lost about 5,500 hogs. If you consider we've got over 10 million hogs here, uh, that's uh, that's 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 not too bad. Even though we don't like to lose any of them, uh, our farmers did a tremendous job and are still doing a tremendous job. Uh, hopefully, um, we, we're getting power back now to most of our areas, but uh, the the devastation is real. We've lost about uh, four thousand four million uh, birds, turkeys, and chickens. Uh, most of them chickens uh, in the after in this storm. Uh, but one more time, nobody likes to lose any of those. But uh, when you consider we've got at any one time about 400 million uh, on the ground here in North Carolina, uh, it's it's percentage-wise, it's about about one percent. So we're working our farmers there on those uh, poultry uh, that poultry that is lost. Uh, they're composting those. Most of them are being composted right in the houses. Uh, they'll take a heat. They'll add uh, add carbon material to them, primarily a wood shavings, and then. Uh, then it'll go out on the fields and be used as fertilizer. So, you know, we've got a plan in place. We've seen this before, but it's just it's just going to take a lot of work, Mike. What's the situation with those uh, those lagoons and those uh, pork operations? Oh, the lagoons are in good shape. I mean, you know, the guys back now, we've had since the rain stopped, uh, we 
you know, they're feverishly pumping them down, even though the ground is wet. But you got to understand, when you got 24 to 36 inches of rain to fall, uh, out of 3,000, we only had about 30 that would be considered uh, either overflowing. We only had four that that breached. When you say, when I mean breached, I mean that the 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 dam broke and the and the you know and the and the lagoon basically emptied. We only had four out of 3,100. The rest of them uh, held, and in many cases, uh, the, the rivers uh, you know the rivers would come up. Uh, when you're when you've got a hog operation four or five miles from the river. And, and the river floods and gets in your lagoon, uh, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not prepared for that. Uh, and that's the kind of I've talked with farmers that after Hurricane Floyd in '99, they built their their personal home up uh, three feet higher than it was in Hurricane Floyd in '99, and even now they've got two feet of water in it. So that lets you know that this flood was four to five feet higher than the highest. Uh, flood that we had back in Floyd in 1999. I was down there yesterday. It will break your heart at the, at the human misery that's going on in terms of uh, people's belongings, their homes, their, um, you know, their buildings, their businesses, uh, uh, local restaurants, uh, you know, convenient march and all those things that happen in rural America. Uh, in North Carolina, they've got water up to the eaves and of the of the buildings in many places it's going to take a long time to dig out but uh but you know when you ride down the road and everything you own is sitting on is on the curb mattresses uh, clothes uh, you know televisions uh, sofas all that all that household stuff just piled up on the side of the road waiting for the fema trucks to come along and pick it up and you're trying to dry out a house and in many cases folks that like i said were four or five miles from a from a river never expected they'd need flood insurance and certainly have no flood insurance so it's 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 bad but uh you know we're gonna we're gonna get there at thanksgiving all of us are gonna be eating thanksgiving lunch uh somewhere uh might not be where it was it might not be your normal thanksgiving lunch but uh it's going to take place here in north carolina so that's where we are we're talking with Larry Wooten, president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. Larry, I know Secretary Purdue has visited. Uh, what types of assistance programs are available, and uh, is there anything else, uh, any other um, efforts set up to try to help folks there? Well, Secretary Purdue was down yesterday. Obviously, on Friday, uh, the state leaders, I flew with our governor across the affected areas looking at agriculture. Uh, you know, you got your normal... Um, you know, at USDA programs, I mean, livestock indemnity, uh, what we're encouraging, what we're telling all of our farmers right now, and we're going to have a meeting in just a few minutes, is just we're going to get the word out, go to your FSA office and report your damage. You can't, uh, I don't care how devastated you are, uh, government is not going to come to North Carolina anywhere with an open checkbook and start writing checks. It's got to be based on something and you got you got to report your losses even though it's terrible it's time consuming it's aggravating but uh, you we've just got to get our farmers in there and get those losses reported so we can get some numbers and certainly we're working with our congressional delegation fema's down here and thank goodness uh, you know a, a lot of help from out of state is down here helping our homeowners our farmers uh that they're in need i could tell you some really 
uh, heartbreaking stories about young couples that uh, I know one young couple that lost a 130 head of cattle. Uh, they found 20 alive, 30 they found dead. They don't know where the other 80 are. So I mean, it's just uh, heartbreaking story after heartbreak when you get these kind of when you get these kind of floods. Are there any um, uh, programs set up where people can give donations or offer assistance? Yes, we have here at North Carolina Farm Bureau. We have our uh, the North Carolina Farm Bureau Foundation. Uh, if anyone wants to make a contribution, you could do it to the North Carolina Farm Bureau Foundation, the Florence Relief Fund, uh, P.O. Box 27766 in Raleigh, North Carolina, 27611. Uh, we are uh, accumulating that money here uh, at Farm Bureau, and we will certainly, along with our board of directors, uh, make uh, those uh necessary to help as many folks as we can with any money and it certainly uh be appreciated obviously larry this is going to be a long-term recovery uh, and what we hear in the news is a lot of areas uh, i mean there's you're still dealing with flooded areas right oh most definitely uh you know it's uh, just yesterday that we could uh we had two major interstates opened yesterday and that's been over a week so that's the good news but there's a lot of uh uh, many of these secondary roads, uh, if the water's out of them, they're just blown in two. I mean, the culverts are gone. There's 30-foot uh, ditches cut across these pretty main roads. Uh, one U.S. highway, uh, two rivers basically uh, met up uh, uh, across a U.S. highway there close to Wilmington, North Carolina. It just isolates a lot of folks. So it's going to take a time. It's going to take some time. It's going to be uh, long drawn out, but as I told you last week uh, we've seen this movie before it's not a good movie we don't like it but uh, we're gonna we're gonna ride it on out well Larry thank you for the update and we will stay in touch and uh, again if people do want to make a donation how can they do that uh, send it to the North Carolina Farm Bureau in care of the Florence Relief Fund uh, in Raleigh North Carolina PO box 27766. The zip code is 27611, and we certainly appreciate the contributions. We, I can assure you here at North Carolina Farm Bureau, we're going to help as many farmers as we can with any contributions that come in. All right, Larry, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Mike. Take care. Larry Wooten, president of the North Carolina Farm Bureau. And again, just, uh, wow, it's just hard to even imagine uh, how much devastation uh, Florence caused and uh, what folks are facing there now. Uh, some real challenges ahead for them and uh, we will stay in touch with Larry to keep you updated on that in ways that uh, folks can help. Alright, coming up next we'll talk with the Vice President Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board. We talk a lot about the RFS. How is it impacting the uh, biodiesel industry? Where's the, what's the status of the tax incentive? We'll take a look at the, uh, the national biodiesel industry overall coming up next on aoa adams on agriculture a powerful threat calls for a greater response when there's a battle bring strength when there's a problem seek answers when there is doubt, give hope. 
Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. But right now. Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too. Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more. Together, we can save lives. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Grain and oil seed sector in a mix on this Tuesday. Global stocks climbing today after the U.S. signed a revised free trade deal with South Korea. Grain futures trading mixed as a new round of U.S. tariffs took effect on Chinese products on Monday. Heavy rains halting field work in portions of the upper Midwest last week, but still nationwide, the corn and soybean harvest remains ahead of the five-year pace. As of Sunday, according to USDA, 16% of the corn crop in the bin, soybeans 14% harvested. Weather forecast today, not all that conducive to more harvest activity. In the western Corn Belt, light rain being seen on this Tuesday in eastern South Dakota, southwestern Minnesota, eastern Nebraska, and central Kansas. Meanwhile, scattered showers and thunderstorms being seen in southeastern Illinois, light rain in Indiana and Ohio. In the northeastern U.S., widespread moisture seen across Pennsylvania and New York State. November soybeans fell to a weaker close on Monday. Resistance seen at 851 and a quarter. We're currently trending just above it. In corn, December at 361 and a quarter, up a fraction of a cent. The 20-day moving average seen at 358. That's new support. Chicago wheat December down three and a quarter at 523 and three quarters, one to two and a fraction lower Minneapolis and in Kansas City. Livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, we are near unchanged. Feeder cattle, 17 cents on either side of steady. Cash cattle call this week, steady. Lean hog futures, October up 92, 61.92. The Dow up 41, crude oil up 44. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We talk a lot about the RFS and uh, those issues, how they impact the ethanol industry. They certainly impact the biodiesel industry as well. We're going to talk about that now with Kurt Kavarik, Vice President, Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board. 
Kurt, thanks for joining us. Uh, what is the situation right now from the biodiesel industry's uh, uh, viewpoint on what's happening with the RFS? I know you're hoping for bigger numbers uh, for biodiesel when the, the RVO levels are set for 2019. But uh, what's your take on how the small refinery waivers impact the biodiesel industry? Yes, good morning, Mike. Glad to be with you and, and uh, to answer your questions. Um, as you as you mentioned, our our primary objective with in the renewable fuel standard is to grow our volumes, and uh, our numbers are always set a year further in advance. So we're actually working with EPA to get higher volumes for 2020, and uh, their proposal would do that. They they've uh, for this current year and for 2019, we're being held steady at 2.1 billion gallons, um, and EPA is proposing that we be raised up to 2.43 billion gallons, which is a nice bump. We think we could produce even in, even more than that. We're asking for 2.8. But equally critical to hiring, to, to increasing that uh, RVO number is addressing the small refiner exemptions, as you mentioned. So this EPA under this administration has, has granted essentially every single uh, small refiner exemption that's come in, and that has uh, led to a, a loss of demand for us uh, more than 300 million gallons over the years of 2016 and 2017. So while EPA is proposing to increase our number, that number would essentially evaporate as a result of the actions that they've taken on the small refiner exemptions. So this term of demand destruction that's being used and being debated in some circles, uh, it sounds like you would say there has been demand destruction for biodiesel. There absolutely has been. Um, it, that's validated by, by the numbers that we have come up with. It's been validated by uh, independent analysis uh, from outsiders. So we feel pretty confident that, um, you know, the, the, the refiner exemptions that have been granted have absolutely lo- led to lost gallons for, for biodiesel. And that, that, results, that translates directly into, you know, lower demand for soybean oil, other feedstocks that we, that we use. Um, it, I mean, it, it matters to the pocketbooks of Americans who don't know that they're associated with the biodiesel industry, but are because of uh, the feedstocks that we consume. So just like with ethanol, when we say you want those higher numbers, but if EPA continues to grant the waivers, those numbers are diminished or undermined because they're, they're not real numbers because of the, uh, the gallons lost. That's right. They're essentially meaningless, and we've we've made this argument to the EPA and and uh, President Trump's staff within the White House, primarily because you know the president was a strong supporter and and is today of the renewable fuel standard, and campaigned on it in the Midwest and and continues to support it and support ethanol by name. I I hope that he supports biodiesel as well, even though we're a much smaller portion of the renewable fuel standard. But he needs to understand that the actions taken by his EPA render those numbers meaningless. And that's why uh, last week the National Biodiesel Board of the American Soybean Association sent a letter to the president uh, talking about his efforts to find a win-win solution with respect to the issues the refiners have been raising and the responses from the the corn ethanol community. And that is, you know, we're, we're fully supportive of the president taking action on E15. We think it's long overdue and it's a regulatory barrier that doesn't make any sense. But along with that, you know, we're, we're a smaller but, but very successful portion of the renewable fuel standard and the, and the renewable uh, uh, fuel industry. 
And so we're, we're asking the president to pay attention to biodiesel, uh, namely through higher volumes, addressing and accounting for lost uh, gallons because of the small refiner exemption, and then also to, to enlist his support for a long-term extension and certainty of our biodiesel tax credit. Because, Kurt, it's one thing to go around and say you support an industry, in this case the, the biofuels industry, but if your agencies undermine the policies that uh, uh, are there to support the industry, then what good are those words and what good does it do to go around and say you support it? That's exactly right. And, and you know, we've, we've been engaged in this discussion now for seemingly nine months or almost 12 months now with uh, the administration and refiners and corn ethanol in search of a win-win, whether it be uh, RIN caps or, or RIN on exports, all, all kinds of things. And we've been successful in, 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 in defeating those and beating those back and, and making the case to the administration, the president himself, that those would undermine his commitment in support of the, the RFS. The small refiner exemptions are just another tool that EPA has used to undermine it. And so we're continuing our efforts to educate the administration as to how that those actions are contrary to, to the president's commitment. And quite frankly, if you look at the, the ag economy, the headwinds that, that uh, farmers are facing due to uh, trade concerns, you know, our opinion is this administration should do everything they can to try to drive markets for the product in other areas. And renewable fuels and biodiesel are a critical component of that, and quite frankly, an, an easy solution to help uh, add value to the farmer's pocketbooks. That's a great point. We're talking with Kurt Kavarik, Vice President of Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board. Kurt, uh, you can have ag assistance programs and payments and things like that, but as farmers said, they want markets, they want trade. Well, you have these things available right here. Uh, E15 year-round, enforce the RFS, uh, stop granting the small refinery waivers, uh, a tax incentive for biodiesel. These things would boost farmers' income, rural America income, do the things that uh, supposedly, uh, you know, the administration is trying to get done other ways. Well, here's something right, you know, I say easy, but uh, available to them to, to uh, do those things and see an immediate impact. I, we view it as low-hanging fruit. I couldn't, I couldn't say what, what you said any better than you did. Uh, we're, we're trying to help the administration, you know, one, fulfill their, their promise and their commitment in support of the renewable fuel standard, but two, to help them, you know, help the farming economy um, in light of all that's, that they're trying to do on the trade side. You know, the, in our opinion, these are very low-hanging fruit that could have measurable impact that are kind of common sense and no-brainers. And you know, that's why we reiterated in a letter to the president, you know, we, we understand that E15 is an issue that has a lot of support and there's been a lot of focus on it. And quite frankly, it's an issue that the ethanol industry has been fighting for more than a decade. And we understand that. But, you know, biodiesel is also a critical component and a very successful part of the renewable fuel standard. So we don't, we don't want to be collateral damage in any deal. And to the extent we can, we'd like the president to recognize uh, what we add to the bottom line for soybean farmers, what we add in terms of clean, renewable fuel and, and cleaner air and energy independence. Where do you stand on your efforts to get the tax and biodiesel tax incentive permanent? Yeah, great question. So we're advocating for a long-term credit. We would, we would really appreciate and really we think it would add certainty to the market if that credit were made permanent. Um, there, there's 
unlikely to be any tax legislation uh, moving or enacted before uh, the election. So we're we're setting this up as as something that might be on on uh, the agenda and trying to get it on the agenda for a lame duck session of Congress after the election. And we feel pretty good about it. You know, there's a lot of folks who who support um, our our tax credit, our industry. Um, so we've got a lot of strong champions in the House and the Senate. So we're we're trying to help them leverage that that support and. Uh, make sure that we're on the agenda for the fall. But we, we would sure hope to have, you know, a retroactive extension for at least this year for 2018 since it's already lapsed, and then as many years as we can get forward-looking to provide the certainty, to provide the incentive, to, to put in the infrastructure as, as it's meant to do um, would be great for the industry. I tell people this all the time. I mean, I really – I feel your frustration in the biodiesel industry. Your industry has proven over and over your ability to produce and to grow and to expand and do all the things that uh, supposedly we want a domestic energy industry to do, but yet you have to keep fighting these uh, uh, these the red tape and the, 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 the governmental issues and things like that. It's like they're getting in your way of 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 you being able to continue to grow and do what uh, supposedly uh, our government wants you to do. That's right. I I wish we could have you know if we could have ten years of certainty on any policy or or permanent certainty on on one policy, you know there's no telling what this inter- industry can do. But you you said it perfectly. This industry has always overperformed and and out uh, achieved every expectation. And rather than being rewarded for that with some degree of policy certainty, we, we deal with on-again, off-again policies, whether it's through the RFS and EPA or the, or the tax credit through Congress. And it's not for lack of trying and, and lack of support or, or goodwill. It, it's just the nature of this town that, you know, everything is a lot more difficult than it should be. And, and doggone it, if we just had a little bit of, you know, certainty on, on one or two areas, no telling what this industry could do. All right, Kurt, thanks for the update, and we'll stay in touch, and hopefully we'll get some uh, good news on these on these issues soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. Kurt Kavarik, Vice President, Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board. You know, it is frustrating. Um, we have all these trade issues, and we have uh, the down ag economy, and we're searching for all these solutions and answers and and trade deals, and that's important. But there are some things that can be done right now. I mean, domestically, right here at home, that would greatly help uh, the ag economy, whether it's uh, E15 sales year-round or or higher levels in the RFS and enforcing the RFS and not uh, giving away so many gallons uh, with the, the ref, uh, refinery waivers. I mean, there's just so many things that could be done quickly and with a, you know, a stroke of the pen, it could be done. But... Uh, still can't get done and that frustration continues to mount well one of those farmers out there harvesting soybeans for biodiesel and for other uses is greg anderson he farms in eastern nebraska we're going to get a harvest update from there next on aoa adams on agriculture we paid less for our craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago 
If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. 
Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day. You simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, let's get another harvest update. We go to eastern Nebraska near Columbus, Nebraska. We're all soybeans. Greg, thanks for joining us. How much harvesting do you have done? Well, Mike, good morning. I have about 20%, close to 20% of my soybeans harvested already, and here it is only the 25th of September. Really got an early start, got at it after it uh, early last week and uh, this morning i woke up to a thunder shower so we won't be running today all right how have your yields been so far well the initial uh, yield uh, reports and, and things that i've checked have been very very good certainly um on pace uh, just to kind of what the usda has said that nebraska is going to be having a very very good crop um, not all of my beans are ready, which is kind of a good thing. Um, I've been taking out loads right at that 13%, and and that's really the ideal moisture situation that a person wants to. The seed size is good. The test weight is good. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, these fields will continue to uh, be right where they're at. I, I kind of think they will. I'm, I'm really awaiting some of my better beans. And so uh, we'll look forward to seeing what the first couple of weeks of October bring us. Have you, are you getting much variation in yield so far as you go through the field? You know, Mike, it's really been pretty consistent, uh, which is a, a very good thing. To have a good year, you, want, uh, you don't want a lot of highs and lows. You want a good, consistent yield across the field, uh, whether it be in the draws and valleys or up on top of the hilltops. Uh, I've been doing some things, uh, hopefully on my farm, that will assist that with uh, some, you know, grid sampling of fertilizer and so forth. I applied the fungicide at R3 this year as well as insecticide. I think that really paid off. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're seeing some, some good uh, across the field, uh, across the board, consistent uh, in, in height and uh, not much variance, which is a really good thing to see. So you're just really getting started. You haven't got probably to some of your best beans yet, but uh, what kind of, what are some of the yield numbers you've seen so far? Well, as, as as I talk with uh, folks at the elevator, uh, 
there's not really much difference at all between irrigation, uh, irrigated beans and dryland beans simply because we had such an incredible year for moisture. So uh, in the 60s is quite common that you hear uh, for, for bushels per acre, uh, some above that, um, and, and really uh, quite consistent throughout this uh, probably 20-mile radius of where I live. If uh, they weren't uh, hurt by hail, and that was a devastating thing, uh, probably some 10 miles away, quite a hail strip, and, and those folks, I feel for them. But uh, if uh, the, the beans avoided the weather uh, problems and disease problems, the, the yields are very, very good. I was going to ask you, have you had uh, some disease issues this year? Not that, uh, that, that I've seen that it's given me really any concern, Mike. Uh, I test regularly for uh, different things, such as a soybean cyst nematode for insects. But as far as white mold, uh, not experiencing any this year. As far as some of the other uh, fungal diseases and so forth, I really think that the fungicide helped uh, prevent some things and, and uh, you know, assisted me in that way. But uh, as far as uh, some of the insects, uh, this gall midge is kind of on a lot of people's radar. I haven't seen any uh, here on my farm. However, I have uh, heard that it's reported in east-central uh, Nebraska, and, and this is an insect pest that we really, really want to keep an eye on uh, for the coming years. All right, so some rain today, so you're kind of shut down for today. What's your forecast look like? Well, <laughs> I think uh, hopefully we might be able to get in late tomorrow afternoon. The wind's supposed to come up. In fact, the sun just came out. I had a little over a half an inch uh, this morning. And, you know, we'll take the rain. The, the rain is welcome. It kind of gives everybody a little break, uh, helps us to uh, bring some, some loads into the elevator and to do some maintenance on equipment, get, get rested up and hit it again. Uh, perhaps, if, if the conditions warrant, uh, might be able to, to get back in late tomorrow afternoon and run Thursday. But, you know, they're talking rain again uh, Friday through Monday. So uh, we'll watch that. And we'll see how it goes. But uh, this is kind of hit and miss here as the rain continue. Rain pattern has continued even from the summer. What are you hearing in your area now? I mentioned you're all soybeans. Uh, have you talked with any of your neighbors about uh, how their corn yields are going so far? Yes, Mike. In fact, uh, there has been a, a fair amount of acres of corn taken out already, and that's very unusual, probably two weeks ahead of time. Folks are, are okay with their corn yields. They, they maybe just be off a little bit from what they expected, uh, and that's kind of interesting because, to me, it looked like corn had a banner year. But uh, the yields are, are probably going to be okay and good, but maybe just uh, 10, 15 bushel, maybe less than they'd hoped for. And so uh, moisture situation, it's, it's coming out of the field, some 17, some 18 percent. Some of those guys are taking it just because of, of uh, stock quality and, and concerns uh, down the road if they would lose. A lot of wind this summer, if, if corn has not uh, been green snapped, it's uh, probably been weakened by some just some different uh, storm events that have gone through, and, and so people are concerned about that. They remember last year when, when so much uh, corn uh, blew off uh, in a late-season uh, windstorm, and so uh, I think they're anxious to get out, get out there and get after it. So overall, you feel pretty good about where you're at with harvest right now here in the last week of September? Well, I do, Mike. I'm, I'm actually ahead of schedule uh, on my farm um, here being – uh, late September, usually I get started about now, and I'm, I'm close to 20% done, so that's a good 
uh, I always say if you can harvest today in September, it's probably worth two in October and three in November just because the weather mm-hmm. continues to uh, go south on us. Uh, you know, with, with shorter days, with uh, dew in the morning and dew coming on at night and that type of thing, uh, soybean harvest really has to be uh, uh, done quickly and efficiently to get all the crop in. Very good. I won't ask you how you feel about the- I thought you might ask me. I will, I will say, even though we're 0-3, I, I do feel good about the direction of the program. It's going to take a lot of uh, time. Uh, I'm patient with it. I think most Husker fans are, and, and I'm confident when I talk with you here two or three years down the road, Mike, again, and, and I know we'll talk much before that, but uh, in the fall when we talk football, we'll have uh, some good things to report. All right, Greg. Thanks a lot. Uh, have a good harvest. Take care. Thank you, Mike. Greg Anderson, who farms near Columbus, Nebraska, eastern part of Nebraska. All right, coming up tomorrow, we'll talk with Colin Whittall with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association about the new U.S.-South Korean trade deal and more on uh, harvest. So I hope you'll join us tomorrow on AOA. Have a good day.